continue. Okay. Uh, um, uh, go ahead, Elizabeth. You can start now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So we'll start this evening with our centering exercise, <clears throat> bringing our body, our mind, our brain into alignment. And then I'll do a meditation, a guided meditation for you. And when that's complete, um, I'm going to talk to you about energy. And I thought that after a brief overview of kind of some of the basic principles of thinking in terms of energy, I'd open up the topic of what is the energy of tenderness? And obviously, we can do something similar to this with all different kinds of energies. But that's what I have planned for this evening. So everyone get um, comfortable in your chair, couch, however you are being supported. And coordinating your breath with the movement of your hands and your arms We'll take three breaths, and with each breath, one arm will go straight above our head. The other arm will come straight down until it's almost like your thumb is tucked into your belly button. And then with the exhale, you bring your hands back to prayer position again. So one up, one down, and then the opposite up and down, and then the third one. And coordinate this with your breath so that you're Sending both thought, your intention, breath moving in and out of the body, and movement of the body all directed to the same end, which is to help bring your concentration in alignment with your body, in alignment with your intention. So hands at heart center and breathing in. And exhale, breathing in, and exhale, breathing in, and exhale. Just letting yourself feel yourself in a body, your human body. And moving your hands to a comfortable place with your spine straight. Just let yourself become more and more relaxed in your body. Letting your eyelids drift down. Closing if it's comfortable, if not. Lowered, looking down on the floor in front of your feet. And begin to bring your attention to the breath as it comes into your body, turns around and exits from your body. Breath in and out, in and out, each breath unique at your own pace, simply observing, 
breath coming in, feel it flowing through the nostrils. Perhaps your belly expands as it breath fills your body. Your ribs separate and open as your lungs fill with an in-breath. And then the breath reverses and flows out of the body. And the body relaxes again. Opening with the next in-breath. Expanding. And relaxing with the out breath. In and out. If you get distracted, no issue. You find yourself thinking, simply return your concentration to your breath. And let's do a body scan, just checking in with your body. Can you feel your feet connecting with the floor? Lots of receptors in our feet. You might want to wiggle a toe or two to feel the change in pressure. as we acknowledge gravity holding us in place. Sachin, can you mute everybody? Coming back to the breath. Paying attention now to the tops of your feet, your ankles your lower legs, knees, upper legs, your hips, your belly, lower back, mid back, Please check to see if you're muted. Breathing in, feeling the lungs expand, breathing out. Feeling your hands, your arms, your forearms, your upper arms. your shoulders, your neck, your jaw, your face. Your head. And now go to the very top of your skull, the crown of the head. And imagine this opening in the top of your head, 
connected to a two. It goes all the way to source. And with each breath, imagine a beam of light, golden light, flowing down the tube into your brain, filling every cell, every atom and electron in every cell of your precious brain. See it. Imagine it. Your brain beginning to glow with this golden, vibrant light. Feel it flowing down to the skin, relaxing all the muscles in your face. Each breath drawing more of this warm, golden light down into the neck flowing across the shoulders, down the arms, into the hands and fingers. Moving into the trunk of the body. With your next breath, draw this wonderful light into your lungs, enlivening them, enlivening them with this powerful, energetic light. And now see it, direct it to your heart muscle. This powerful, powerful muscle. So important to the welfare of the body. See it infused with this beautiful light, this energy of the life force. Knowing that there are two chambers in the heart, the human heart chamber and the sacred heart chamber. Great wisdom resides in this organ. And see the light spreading now as more and more comes in with each breath to the liver, the stomach, the pancreas, the spleen, the small intestines, the large intestines. The bladder, the gallbladder, all the kidneys, all of the glands of the body, all of the systems of the body, the skeleton, all of our bones, the muscles, the tendons, the joints, the connective tissues digestive system, the respiratory system, 
the lymphatic system, the circulatory system carrying our blood. See your blood infused with this beautiful golden light, bringing vibrancy everywhere. The nervous system, the energy flowing from the brain to everything in the body and the energy carrying information flowing up to the brain from all of our senses and organs and glands. And now see this light going down your legs, passing the knees to the lower leg, to the feet. And imagine energetic roots coming from the soles of your feet, filling with this beautiful golden light, penetrating the floor, the earth, moving down to the very core of our planet, establishing your energy within the earth. And see now the earth responding with her own beautiful energy that flows back up through those roots, your feet, your legs, the trunk of your body, and settles in the heart, making a complete circuit. And seeing yourself now glowing with this light in every cell of your body. A pillar of light held between source above and the earth below. An integral part of the transition this planet is going through right now. Your energy essential to the movement in consciousness to a higher experience of oneness, the oneness of life itself. And taking a moment to just feel yourself as this pillar of light, this precious, precious aspect of energy embodied in human form, knowing that you've come here to accomplish something. And in the work of that, feeling fulfillment, remembering we're connected by source above, our planet below. And with the energetic field we create every time we come together as a community of like-minded beings.
taking a few more deep, beautiful breaths. Recognizing the life force within the breath. Knowing yourself as light, as the energy of light in human form, as the energy of consciousness embodied in human form. And when you're ready, move your fingers and toes. And gently lift your eyelids and reorient yourself to your room and the screen in front of you. Welcome, everyone. It's so lovely to be with you. So I have a note here that there's background noise. <clears throat> I'm in a room all by myself. So if somebody could put in the chat, if they hear a lot of background noise, I thought I had taken care of that. I think that was from earlier. Oh, okay. Good. I, I, I hoped I had solved that problem. Thank yeah, you. I saw the message go across the screen, and that was back when we had issues earlier. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm going to take a few minutes to just talk to you a little bit about energy and then to open it up so that we can share with each other because Eventually, I want to get to the energy of tenderness and talk about how we can be tender with ourselves. Not an easy task. So I'm going to remind you, most of you probably know everything or most everything I'm going to say here, but as a little reminder, that everything is energy in some way to make sense out of organizing things together. One very profound way to do that is say, okay, I'm gonna call that basic first emanation energy. And different sciences have different ways of describing what energy is. But for now, I'm just gonna use the word energy. And there are different types of energy. And each type of energy has its own nature. So I'm going to start with the most, with the largest categories. So there's physical and energy and physical form. And that's the most dense energy. And energy in physicality follows the laws of gravity and the space-time continuum. You know, an example would be I'm cooking dinner, um, the knives were sharpened, and I cut my finger. So that, I, and I experience the energy of pain. That pain is centered in the physical form in my finger, so a place, right? And it 
began at the time that the knife blade went into the flesh of my finger, and it's going to take some particular amount of time to heal. So that's what I mean by um, following the law of gravity and the space-time continuum. Now, another form that we as humans experience energy is the emotions, the emotional form of energy are the energetic experience, the experience of energy as it results in the body responding to it. So what happens is our thoughts are flowing all the time. And many, many thoughts, if you've started trying to catch yourself and identify your thoughts and at least be aware of what you're thinking, you become aware of the fact that certain thoughts bring emotions with them. It's almost like emotions are encoded in the thought. And the thing about the emotion is it gets caught in our body. That's how we experience emotions. Now we feel it in a certain way, but if we learn to pay attention and say, oh, I'm frightened right now. Where do I feel that in my body? And you can begin to feel it in your body. Typically, fear shows up in your gut, but sometimes it shows up in your heart, sometimes in your throat. There can be different places for different people, but it's a very powerful exercise to start paying attention and naming an emotion and looking for it in the body because working with letting things go is uh, goes much faster as you identify the emotion where it's located in your body. However, emotional energy <clears throat> is much less dense than the physicality of our bodies. And although they can, they're, they're not bounded by gravity and they're not bounded by the space-time continuum because our emotions can be about the past, the present, or the future. And they can be very elusive. Sometimes it's hard to pinpoint the exact meaning in precise terms. For example, what is anger anyway? When we really start to dig into that, we realize that's not an easy, quick answer. But we can almost always feel it in our body. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's asking the question, can you explain why emotion gets stored in the body? It's a big subject. So our body, the, the quick answer is because when we have a certain thought, the brain responds to it and it sends a cascade of biochemicals into the body to respond to the thought. And certain organs, certain places in the body respond to that energy. And that's why we feel it in the body. 
Now, why it gets stored in the body is a different question. And why it gets stored in the body is if we don't deal with an emotion when it occurs, it goes into the subconscious mind. And it just, it's there. That's the, a big point about both mental and emotional energy. If you don't deal with them at the time, they go into the subconscious and sit there until they get triggered by something else and they they come kind of exploding out of us. And often either you will say to yourself or somebody else to say to you, will say to you, that felt like an overreaction. You know, it wasn't that big a deal what was just said. What, what happened to you? Why were you so reactive to that? Well, it's because an emotion that was stored in your subconscious got triggered by something that just happened. And the reaction you had was to what just happened and what has been stored inside of you. Now, there's positive storage and negative storage. I've just talked to you about negative storage, but positive storage is the work that we have when we make our positive, pleasant experiences more vibrant and more real in the moment. I was um, walking my dog this morning, and I just looked at the trees. And I, you can see the colors changing. You, the leaves, some of the leaves are already on the ground. And there was that experience of the shift in seasons and the coolness in the air. And it was very, very beautiful. And because I took the time to actually allow myself to be really present and very aware of the lovely experience of that fall morning, that energy is also stored. So the next time I feel happy or peaceful or grateful to the earth, actually that was probably the dominant experience. I just felt so grateful to the planet for the beauty that she offers in all of her different seasons. That energy is also there and can be, can come up again to enhance another experience of beauty or peacefulness. So I don't want to get sidetracked here. I want to move forward. All right. So the thing about emotions is we're all taught that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad. And we're also, most of us are taught that emotions are not rational, so we can't trust them or depend on them. I would offer to you that our emotions are wise. And if we learn to pay attention to them and if we learn to use them, exactly the questions that I was asked, why do they get stored in the body? And... Is there, there, is there something called positive storage versus and negative storage? Yes. And so by paying attention to what we're feeling emotionally, locating it in the body so we can have an even deeper understanding of how kindness shows up in our body, how anger or frustration or any emotion shows up in our body, we can deepen our appreciation and our 
wisdom about these emotions. And with that knowledge, we can make really informed choices about the emotions and the thoughts we want to focus on and use to create the world we want to be living in, to become the person we want to be. So now the next less dense energy is mental energy, and those are our thoughts. And they're flowing all the time. They can be about present, past, and future, so they're not bounded by the laws of gravity and space and time. And they, some thoughts do evoke emotional energy, but I covered that. So <clears throat> emotions that are suppressed don't go away. They just go into the subconscious, and they can come out again. Unwanted, surprising overreactions when they're mostly negative emotions. But also, we can see something in a movie and also feel very soft and tender and happy for these imaginary people in the movie because we've had those soft, tender, loving feelings in our actual day-to-day -day life with real people. So taking some time to explore some different energies can be very helpful. And at the very basics, Energy, and I like to use the word contracted and expanded versus negative and positive or bad and good, because all energies, all thoughts, all emotions can be helpful if we use the energy of the thought use the energy of the emotion to achieve what we want to achieve instead of being swallowed by a tsunami of thoughts and emotions. So we can energy can go from the very contracted energy, which I would say rage is a very contracted energy, to a very, very expansive energy. And, and, and that could be peace and joy, enlightenment even, the frequencies of those energies. And what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, just briefly, and then open it up because I really want people to share with me, with each other, about the energy of tenderness and how we can think about different ways of using the energy of tenderness to care for ourselves. Because really, the best, we really over a sustained period of time cannot give any better energy to others than we give to ourselves. That's why it's so important that we remember self-care is necessary. It's not selfish. Um, I have a friend who said, why is it that I had to grow up and be an adult and take my first airplane flight where they told me I should, in case of an emergency, I needed to put my oxygen mask on first before I put it on anybody I was taking care of. And I thought, what a great example of how important it is 
that we care for ourselves in such a way that we can be at our best. We have the optimal energies available then to share with the world. So to just start us in terms of tenderness. Well, before I do that, before I go into directly to tenderness, my sense is that we're all here in, in looking for self-mastery. Whether you use those terms or not, we're looking for ways to understand what our highest potential is and ways to actually access and accentuate all of those positive powers and qualities we have within ourselves. Because we want to co-create the world that we want to live in and the life that we choose to lead. And this, I think, that this requires a knowledge of energy and the nature of different energies so we can choose wisely what it the energies we want to focus on and the enter energies we want to call into play and to use at different points in our life so that we can create what we want to see. You know, there's a famous saying, be the change you want to see in the world. How can I bring more tenderness, more loving kindness, more respect to the world if I'm not giving any of those things to myself? So in terms of ener the energy of tenderness, I wanted to start out by just giving some information about tenderness and then open it so that we can all talk about it together. Tenderness can be described as a gentle way of being. Tenderness is an easy thing, but it's also a very active thing. And some people say that there is tenderness within each breath, with the ease that the breath comes in and the ease that the breath is released with. In the Hebrew language, the root of the word for tenderness is the womb of the mother. And when we think about the womb, we realize that that's a place of rest and growth. Right? It's a place of ease. We're at ease in the womb. We don't have to do anything. It's being done. We are creating the body we're going to be born with, and it's happening automatically. And this enormous growth is going on. In the Aramaic language, it's tender-hearted, kind, and gentle are terms that are used. And when Master Jesus talked about the Beatitudes, he was talking about the energy of tenderness. Tenderness is a flow of energy with the awareness of all the different aspects of life, the sounds, the sights, the flavors, the scents, Tenderness can be expressed in all those myriad and different ways. Tenderness is an action and a strength and a power. Francis de Sales said, it takes great strength to be gentle. And that 
I think when I first started looking into the ener energy of tenderness, I understood that, that in order to be tender, you have to have great strength because you know that you can take care of yourself and that you are safe and will be safe and you can be soft and tender in this interaction. And now I ask the question, how can we be tender with ourselves? When we live in what is becoming more and more divisive and competitive world, there's a sense of we need to protect ourselves. And we build, I think, on some level, probably through education, but certainly through our interaction with the world, a wall around our heart so that we won't be hurt, so that we can protect ourselves. Yet, if we can become wise in the energy of tenderness and learn to use it wisely, what happens is we nurture the tenderness within our own hearts. And we can begin to understand that each breath coming into our body has a tenderness to it. It serves us so gently and so completely that we're most of the time not even aware of the breath coming in and out. And if we work with becoming more aware of tenderness and being tender with ourselves and learning how to be tender with others, I think what happens is we build a safety net around our heart. And the wall doesn't have to be there because we know that there's a tenderness within everyone. And we learn to be aware when it's safe to just open the heart fully in that tender interaction. And that it's this sharing of tenderness that builds a grid of tenderness between people, within groups that allows, that creates a safety for people to grow within the contents, the context of that net of tenderness. So how can we bring more tenderness into our own energy field? And how can we use the energy of tenderness wisely to nurture ourselves? So I hope everybody unmutes and everybody asks questions, speaks out loud in terms of their thoughts around tenderness. If they feel that tenderness is even an energy that's appropriate for us at this time to be talking about or to be nurturing. <laughs> So who is going to speak first? Come on, there are 15 people on this call. <laughs> who will step up? 
Dr. Berman. Yes. Good evening. Would you repeat the question, the two questions again, please? Well, first of all, I wanted us to think about how, what is ten, what does the energy of tenderness mean to me? When I say that that was such a tender experience, what, what comes to your mind? What feels tender to you? What is your experience of tenderness? And then the second thing is, how can we learn to be more tender with ourselves? Dr. Berman? Yes. Hi. Hi. It's Hi. Irene. Hi, Irene. How lovely to see your face. It's wonderful to see you, too, and everyone. Um, I liked it when you I, – I liked everything that you have spoken about today, and the meditation was amazing. When you said about building a safety net around the heart instead of a wall – that really connected with me. Oh. And and I and I just wonder um, emotions, if they're not processed as we go through different experiences throughout our lifetime. And because I believe in reincarnation, I wonder if we also carry over emotions and traumas that haven't been processed from previous lives into our current journeys. And and that makes the, in my mind, the energy of tenderness a little bit more complex, perhaps, depending <laughs> on how many sojourns you've had through through lifetimes. Because I I call I call it like the Vidalia onion. You just have to yes, keep yes. Like peeling back the layers. Yes. And I'm wondering if 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 I'm on the right path with that, because I feel like with myself. And many of the experiences I've had in my lifetime, and most importantly in the last year, I feel like I'm just peeling an onion. And it's not just an onion that was bought in this lifetime. It was an onion that's been around for a while. (laughs) So I don't know if that makes any sense. And if you can give me any tips on on maybe... Thank you for for sharing, one, the wisdom, and two, this perspective. So my my sense is that we come into this world to accomplish something. And and perhaps it takes us our entire lifetime for the awareness of what that is to unfold. Frequently, I think at some point we figure out the things we really like to do and the things that come easy to us, those are the things supporting what we came here to accomplish. So if you want to talk about or think about that we come in with um, karma, which is another word for, you know, cause and effect, right, from other incarnations, or if you just want to think about, well, the DNA from my mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, from how many generations, right? This is all a part of our physicality. But one way I see that showing up is in our the energy of the chakras and the energy of the subtle bodies. So we can do energy work. 
chanting, toning, breath work, you know, the different techniques to clear the chakras, to clear the different bodies. So we can then, and perhaps those are the energies that draw certain experiences into our life. Because one way of looking at life is it's going to bring a confluence of events that's going to give us the opportunity to actually do what we came here to do. Now, sometimes, and perhaps much of the time, it feels like that's really hard work. <laughs> the events hurt, and I take a lot of energy and effort to process the, the way the hurt shows up in us in the moment, in this lifetime. So my sense of talking about different energies and how we understand them and if we can have a deeper, because if, if I have a deeper recognition and therefore awareness of an energy, let's just say tenderness, right? I start to pay attention to it. And in that paying attention, I learn so much more about how energy feels to me in my body, how it feels to me in a relationship, how I experience it, you know, in terms of my desire, what I want to see in the world. And so wisdom comes around paying attention to certain energies. And when we're at choice points in our life about what am I going to do here? Maybe it's as simple as what is this thought and this feeling do, does does it really take me to a place that I want to go to or is this just so painful right now that I don't want to feed it anymore, right? I don't want to try and suppress it, but can I be present to it without feeding it, right? Without, let's just say somebody hurt my feelings, right? Really hurt my feelings, Um one way to deal with that is to think about how to get revenge on that person, right? That might be a reaction to this hurt feeling. When, when that thought comes, and if I've thought at all or looked at what is the energy of revenge, how does that, the nature of that energy unfold, I can make a choice as to whether I want that in my life or I don't want that in my life, Right? Maybe the energy of sovereignty, right, which is having very healthy boundaries, comes up. And if I've thought about what does sovereignty mean to me and what are the things that I can do to make it stronger in my energy field, maybe that's a choice I'll make to focus on that energy as opposed to the energy of um, getting back, right, revenge. So that's... That's the thoughts I have about the past and how it influences us and what we can do with our knowledge of energy in the moment, right? The, the, the issue is we have to think about and pay attention to different energies, identify them and how they feel and, and, and where they go for us in terms of our thoughts and our actions, before we can make truly educated choices 
about what we want to do with them in the moment. Because in the moment, do you know, it, moments go so fast. If I, if I haven't done some kind of prep work in terms of, well, what is tenderness? Is this an appropriate moment for tenderness? And how can I express tenderness? One to myself, two to others. Maybe the, the expression of tenderness is different for myself than it is to somebody else. But if I haven't thought about that beforehand, it's harder to make a choice in the moment about how I'm going to respond to this experience. Is that helpful? Yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Yes. So, so one more thing. So tenderness, can you use the word compassion? Well, I think Or is that, that different? I, for myself, compassion is different, and and a compassionate response can contain tenderness. But sometimes a compassionate response might be telling someone the truth that they don't want to hear, and they don't experience that as tenderness, right? That That takes courage to tell the truth as you see it, which I think is... Courage is a different energy than tenderness. But sometimes compassion is like a child or, or, or um, you, your, your pet comes to you and they're hurt in some way, right? The first impulse, I think, is a tenderness, you know, to touch with, with a gentle, soothing touch for that child, that pet, that the other, Right? But in some cases, if somebody's hurt and they're raging in that hurt, tenderness might not be the appropriate response. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Dr. Berman. Yes. Would love and service to your immediate family be connected with tenderness? I would say... Yes, that the energy of tenderness can show up. I think it always shows up in love. You know, sometimes people talk about tough love. And I think that would be when I said you need to tell somebody the truth about something and you know they don't want to hear it. But I think that there's love in having the courage to do that. Right? So uh, perhaps... There's love, but, but not so much tenderness, right? I think that there can be tenderness in the expression of love. Does that make sense? So maybe not all expressions of love involve tenderness. Uh, let's just say you decide to paint somebody's kitchen for them because it's a loving gesture. You know they want it. They're on vacation, whatever. And you go paint their kitchen. I don't know that I think there would be so much tenderness in that. There would be dedication. There would be effort. There would be a lot of energies in that, but not so much tenderness. But that would be an act of love, right? A gift mm -hmm time and your energy to serve them so so I think tenderness is 
is, see, love is one of those words that can mean so many things that it gets a little confusing as to which kind of love we're talking about. You know, I, I, I remember one time saying, after I had my granddaughter, it became very clear to me that when I said, oh, I love my new car, that it was a very different kind of love than when I said, oh, my new, my granddaughter, I love her so much, right? But I used the same word, not at all the same energy. My relationship with my car is very different than my relationship with my granddaughter, right? So tenderness, there's a softness in tenderness there's a gentleness in tenderness and I would say to you that many 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 of the things you do for your family include a softness and a gentleness right that's tenderness <coughs> they also include other energies too I don't know whether that's a good answer for you but does that help yes it does okay thank you Dr. Berman so, so wait, one thing before, before um, we, we finish this little discussion, I wanted to ask you can, you, can you feel or can you identify any way in which you're tender with yourself? Just taking it easy. Good, good, yes, yes. When you feel sad, can you just tell yourself, it's okay? This too shall pass. Yes. I, I say yes. that to myself. Yes. And it works. Yes. So that's Where I a, pray. And that's and a form of te tenderness, right? To give yourself the time and space to do things <clears throat> that are meaningful for you. Prayer, right? It's a, it's. It's a good thing for you. So, and I think prayer always softens our heart, right? And yes. I think that tenderness lives in our heart. That's true. The more open our heart, the more the easier it is to be it tender. Easier. Yeah. Right. <coughs> and we we know that in some situations it's not great to have a wide open heart. Right? It's good to have some healthy boundaries and know when, okay, I need to step out of this interaction now. Hi, Dr. Jordan. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, everyone. So I just want, I just want to clarify or ask a question, clarification. When yes. you are, like, say, when you see an incident in anywhere in the world and you are saddened by it you feel very kind of not sad in a bad way but you know you are you understand the pain so would would you consider that as a tender part well I would say that that's compassion okay right and tenderness is a gentleness right so compassion is the the feeling into what somebody else is experiencing, right? But it's not a direct exchange of energy, right? 
So if you saw somebody fall down in front of your house and you rushed out and, and, and you asked them if you could help them, if you could touch them and they say yes, and you help them to sit up and you ask them if they would like some water or could you call somebody. And the way you did that was so soft and so gentle. I would say that's an act of tenderness. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sachin, you were on. Did you you want to remind me it's 801? <laughs> no, uh, thank you for such a, <coughs> excuse me, thank you for such an just amazing session. You know, I just wanted to make um, a comment, I guess, you know, you were, you were talking about tenderness towards oneself. Yes. Uh, and uh, interestingly, enough, I, I was thinking about that just before you said that, actually. Um, it, it's it's really interesting because so many people suffer from shame and yes. guilt, self-blame, self-criticism, and this internal um, sense of, uh, you know, regret. Why did I do this? I shouldn't have done this. This self, self-blame, shame, regret, etc. And it seems to me in hearing your presentation and the meditation, everything that you did today, it seems to me that a true act of tenderness that is made on the mind, that the individual deliberately makes that act of tenderness, almost as if, as if the mind is a, is a child that is, that yes. is very raw, that is, that is very undeveloped. You know, and, and, and if we can look at our mind that way, that that's what it is, it seems to me that there's profound wisdom there at the same time. I don't know if you want to say anything about that at all. Well, yeah, it's we examine the nature of different energies with our mind, right? So the mind is this vehicle that for whatever reason, I, I think your characterization as a young child is is very accurate. It was pretty late in my life where I started looking at the way my mind functioned, right, and beginning to recognize, you know, in some traditions they call it the monkey mind because monkeys are always moving, doing, right? But I think the child's mind, right? The child knows no right or wrong. It's in the world trying to figure out how to make the world work, right? And it does whatever it does. It's kind of the way the mind is. And I think that it's those thoughts that get coalesced into neural networks about shame, blame, you, you know, just being really harsh on ourselves. And that to be able to develop a quality of tenderness that's accessible to us to be tender with ourselves when we recognize we're in a state of shame and we recognize that we're blaming ourselves and and to do you know the things to tenderly remind ourselves at that moment whatever it is I'm ashamed of at that moment that was the best I could do now I know better I'm more educated I'm more aware but I do not need to carry this shame with me 
And and remember, at one point, I think very recently, I talked about when you find an energy in your body, you can lift it into your heart and just take that shame and bring it up into your heart center and let the love in your heart that's accepting the shame, right, the energy, not that you did something to be shameful about, but accepting the energy of shame as, as a response that we had. And with the understanding that we know now, there's nothing to be ashamed of because at that moment, that was the best I could do. I'm different now. I'm more educated. My consciousness has expanded. And so the energy of shame no longer has a function for me. And my hope, it can dissolve in being accepted in my heart. That's very, very powerful. And we could spend another three hours talking about this. Boy, I mean, could we? I'm, I was just thinking about it. If anybody's interested, think about tenderness and think about self-tenderness. And maybe we'll pick this same thing up next week I, if, it, if it's worth it, if people are interested in it. You know, uh, Dr. Berman, I think, uh, I mean, I would recommend that we do that. It's, it's up to you, certainly. Uh, I think there's so much to be said across the board. I mean, for every human being, almost in every situation, about having compassion or bringing about compassion towards the, the mental function, towards the mind itself, towards the human being. You know, and, and, then, and then when you bring in energy, that is really quite interesting because that that has that that intimation of expansion out of the contracted state. So it goes back to your central theme of contraction and expansion. You know, self-blame, shame, guilt, regret, all of, all such things. These are all contractions. We feel them in the body. We feel them in our life. We feel them in so many ways. Regrets, particularly, <coughs> that I shouldn't have done this. This shouldn't have happened uh, towards oneself. I mean, we blame others also, but towards oneself. So, so I, I just think it's a it's a tremendous thing to really examine. I think maybe what we can do in the Sunday evening dialogue, we can pick up on this theme also, uh, because it, it, they're all connected together anyway. You know, uh, so we can kind of pick up on this in the dialogue, so we can get into it. Because I think that's it's quite uh, there's a great possibility of profound expansion in this. So I want if if people could unmute, if people can, who would like to just take this again next week and see if we can go deeper in it can you unmute and say yes yes of course. Sure. Also, yes also miss mansfield you yes. had a hand up uh, did you want to say something or ask something i'm not sure i did but we ran out of time it's okay no worries <laughs> so can you can you hold it and we and and we'll go to it next week is it good for you if we do this if we stay in this topic next week mm, yes. it is but I don't, I think I, I, I will be unavailable next week. I think I have a doctor's appointment in the evening, but we'll see. Okay. We will see. So, Sachin, can we go for a few more minutes? And yeah. I can take sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's no problem with me. We just have a time. If you want to go longer, it's fine. It's up to you, Dr. Berman. That's fine. Okay. So what's your question? Let's no, it wasn't really a question. Oh. It was in response to your question, and I felt absolutely it was relevant. You you were asking whether it, 
tenderness discussion was even relevant at this time. Yes. And I thought absolutely it was relevant, especially in the world that we're living in now. Yes. So to be able to focus on something like tenderness is to add to our spirituality. We need to to pull in this these kind of tools yes. to build our spirituality and to try and protect ourselves because yeah the it's it's rough. And, and yes, and you're you're I think that you're expanding the notion I had of instead of a wall around my heart, a net right? This net of tenderness, both for myself, but for you, right? And you for me. And as that net gets more and more people, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, you you know, and hopefully it'll go from one community to another community to another community. And, and yes, I, that's why I'm talking about these things, because I think that in our trust of each other, we can go a little bit more in depth in things, in the sharing of examining what it, what are our potentials that we're not tapping fully, right, as humans. And this is one of them. Sachin, can you give me a quick, can you put me on the screen? I just want to show you guys this. I found yeah. this. So, uh, yeah, sure. So, what can if, you see if, it? Each participant should put uh, on speaker view. So, if you click on that and just mute yourself. Okay. Can you guys see this? Give me a thumbs up if you can see this chart. Okay. So, you see, some people have actually taken the time to rate. The frequencies of different energies here, all the way from shame, guilt, apathy at the very bottom, coming up here to love, joy, peace, and enlightenment at top. And so all of these emotions have a frequency and an energy. And it's certainly a lot nicer to be living up here than it is down here. So, okay. So I've shared that. So if anybody um, doesn't want to go on with this discussion next week, um, I think there were enough people saying yes. So we'll just we'll just take it to the next level about and and when whenever you think of it this week, between now and next Wednesday, just think about okay, did I experience tenderness today? What did that feel like? Do I want to express tenderness how to someone else? How would I do it? Do I want to be tender with myself? What will I do that will feel tender for myself? And then we'll have things to share next week. Okay. okay. So let's do our alms, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we're going to send loving, healing energy out to the planet. Um, I'm sending the energy of tenderness out with my own tonight. So deep breath in. Oh. Oh.
breath in. for being together this evening sharing your voices and your energy and your presence thank you so much thank, thank you very much thank you. Thank you. good night good night good night <laughs>